Alrighty, I am back here. Uh, this is, we had a crash this morning, so I'm not sure what video you may end up seeing, but the system froze midstream and uh, it has been necessary for me to reboot and to restart. So uh, I'm not sure what that's going to mean for you uh, who are watching and Listening or even how this recording is, is going to start out, which is unfortunate because this is such a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, chapter of scripture that we're in today, Philippians chapter four. We were just getting started. So we're not missing a whole lot. Um, and, uh, to my live listeners, I, I hope that we get you back here. Uh, it just everything, the program froze right up. And uh, so uh, we are, we had to restart everything. We're in Philippians chapter four. I'm just going to keep on going. And uh, uh, this has been such a rich, rich, rich book uh, for us to participate in uh, this morning, uh, in this last several weeks. Now I'm kind of discombobulated in what I was saying because uh, the program froze. But but what an enriching book. I mean, Paul writing from prison, Paul writing from difficult times, and, and inspiring us to rejoice in the Lord, inspiring us to, to press on, inspiring us to pursue after Christ, all these things that he was doing. And, uh, and now he continues even more here in the fourth chapter. So... We're going to move move into the fourth chapter and uh, take a look to see uh, what to, what we learn, what we gain uh, as Paul continues to inspire us in Philippians chapter four. It says, therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Stand firm. Now, I, I love the way he says what he says to to his audience. He he says to them that uh, he loves them and he longs for them. And, and it's the same type of thing I would say for you. I love you. I long for you. I, I long to inspire you. I long to encourage you. I long to help you. And uh, so, therefore, my brothers, uh, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, he calls them. A joy, he calls them a crown. He says that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. To stand firm in the Lord. I would say of you, I would say that you are my joy. I would say that you are my crown. Uh, I would say that you are the ones who, uh, who. I mean, I, I love doing this. I, I could do this several times a day, actually. Uh, if I could sit here and engage with you and teach Bible from this perch, uh, I couldn't be any happier than, than to do this. And I do it with you. In fact, right now, as I look uh, at the chat, which is normally full of some chatter uh, because of the crash of the program this morning, uh I've got Christy, and I'll say hi to Christy this morning. Hopefully, everybody else will come back and be able to find us and uh, engage with what we're doing here. But you, 
You are my joy. You are my crown. And you talk about crowns. Uh, Crowns being, you know, what we're going to lay at Jesus' feet. Well, what is our crown? Our crown is the people in whom we've invested. Our crown is the people that we have led to Christ. Our crown is... uh, the people that have grown as a result uh, of of what we have done in their lives, of uh, in how we have inspired them, and you, my friends, you are my crown. You are my treasure. You are the ones that uh, give me joy. And I just want you to know that you give me joy in that way. Now, he continues on in this passage, and he speaks to a few people. Uh, He speaks to Euodia and Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Apparently, there was some conflict that they were having, and uh, he's, he's pleading. He doesn't just say, you know, hey, guys, you ought to get along. He says, I plead with you. Let me let me put this in the King James Version and uh, with the Strong's Concordance. I beseech you. Here's what we see. If you're using the eSword Bible uh, app on your computer. So we, we click on to this. To beseech. Parakaleo means I, I call near, I invite, I invoke, uh, I desire, I entreat. But parakaleo is, is the word of come alongside. I come alongside you, you two people, and I encourage you to get along. Now, it is believed that this is a, a woman. Uh, it is believed also that Syntyche is a woman. So there is a a uh, a tiff between two women. Now, this is so rare. This is something that never really hardly ever happens among Christians where two women would have uh, uh, be at odds with each other. And I say this very much tongue in cheek. I really, really do. Uh because it does happen, uh, and, and women get in a tiff. Men get in tiffs. Sometimes women get in tiffs with men, and men get in tiffs with women, and sometimes there are tiffs. You know what a tiff is, a type thing. A, a tiff is an argument. A, a tiff is a relational strain. A, a tiff is being at odds with each other. And he's pleading with them to agree with each other in the Lord. And that would be that would be the way of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus I mean, put a premium on relationships. I know people who will say I, they'll be at odds with somebody in their same local church for years, and friends, this just not ought be. It should not be. Um, now, I, I would also say to you this that uh, sometimes we try to work things out with other people, and it just doesn't work out. Sometimes we go and we extend the olive branch. Sometimes we go and apologize. Sometimes we go, and I've done that. I, I have a particular individual that, that I, with whom I've done that uh, with witness. 
uh, and that that person still, and I, I'm not even sure I, I really needed to apologize, uh, but I apologized for whatever I could apologize for. But that that person, I'm I, I don't know, has received it. Well, you know, when you do that with somebody, when you go and try to make things right, uh, and you are sincere and you are genuine, and you even have witness with you. Sometimes it's necessary to have a witness with you. You've really placed the ball in the other person's court. It is really up to them to pick up the ball and say, I'm going to play back. Uh, it is really up to them to say, I, I forgive you. It's really up to them to, to say, well, you know, I'm no longer going to hold this against you. But we need to try to uh, not be at odds with each other in the local church. That is the way of Jesus. In fact, let me take you back to a passage. I shared this before, but I, I may have a new listener listening into this uh, broadcast, to this podcast. I want to show you what Jesus had to say over in Matthew uh, chapter chapter 5. Let me take us over there and, and show you how direct Jesus is. It's down in verse 23. Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, he says, if you're offering your gift at the altar, you've come to church. You're going to give. You're going to give your your uh, sacrifice of praise. Uh, you've come to church. You're going to give your your tithes and your offering, whatever it might be that you're bringing to God uh, in a worship service. Therefore, if you're offering gift at the altar, and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. In fact, he doesn't say take your gift with you. He says leave it there. Then he says, first go and be reconciled to your brother, then come offer your gift. To me, this is pretty clear. To me, this is very clear that the Lord is saying, you need to go work things out. Now, again, I I want to emphasize, if you try to work things out with somebody uh, and and they, they just don't seem to want to receive it, Really, the ball is is in their court. Really, it is it is really up to that person to decide what they're going to do with your apology, with what they're going to do at your attempt of reconciliation. It really is uh, it, it is a, a two way street, uh, it, it, and it does require uh, two ways of action, not just one. So, again, looking at these verses, Jesus says, "Go." settle the matter. Now, this might not be such an inspiring uh, read for us here this morning because we might be thinking, I I just don't really want to do that. I, I genuinely just do not really like that person, and I just don't really want to go back to them and, and say, hey, we've got to, uh, you know, we've got to talk here. Jesus says we need to do this. Jesus says that, that we need to take that type of an action. One more time, I put this here uh, in front of you so that you can see it. This action. Therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar, and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go be reconciled to your brother, then come off your gift. Let's put this in NLT. Uh it says this in the in the New Living Translation. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. That 
That that is the instruction given in Scripture that we read what we need to do. Paul, in the book of Philippians, takes the same tact with these two women, Euodia uh, and Syntyche, here in verse 2. Because you belong to the Lord, he says, settle your disagreement. Now, I know I have listeners that you have done all you can do to try to settle a disagreement. Now you wait on the Lord. Uh, that, that might be the only thing you can do at this point is wait on the Lord because you've done all you can do. And, and I get that. I know that. And, and that's where I'm trying to emphasize, underscore, put in bold, uh, and uh, highlight the fact that you know you have done your part. Now it's up to the other person to reciprocate. And unfortunately, sometimes in life, it never comes around. Uh, and that, that can be so disheartening. Now, sometimes that is with people who maybe are marginal uh, in your relationships. You know, they're, 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 they're an acquaintance, but not somebody that you had Thanksgiving dinner with or, or you know, would have in your house on a frequent basis. Uh, but sometimes it's it's people right within your own family immediately, and and I'm very 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 aware of that, and uh, just just wanting to encourage you. Now you pray. Now you wait. But for any of us that knows that we have created a situation where someone has angst against us, just you try to go fix it. That's that's all you can do. Now he continues on here in this passage. Uh, and let me go to verse 3, and he says, Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke of fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I mean, Paul is talking about people that he is absolutely convinced whose names are in the book of life, people whom he knows are people that have trusted in Christ, uh, and so he is appealing to now the whole broader body there uh, in Philippi. Yes, I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women. Let's see how uh, Peterson renders this in the message, verse 3. Now, different name, uh, and oh, yes, Syzygus. Uh, since you're right there to help them work things out, do your best with them. These women worked for the message hand in hand with Clement and me, and the other veterans worked as hard as many of us. Remember, their names are also in the book of life. Sometimes what we will do is we will look at somebody and and almost treat them like their name isn't in the book of life, but it is. They are they are part of the family of God, and, and we need to remember that. And, and he's talking about these women who contended uh, at Paul's side in the cause of the gospel. Sometimes you end up being at odds with people who have who, been uh, fantastic partners with you in ministry. Sometimes it happens. And you go back to the book of Acts and our study of the book of Acts, we saw Paul and Barnabas ended up at uh, tremendous odds with each other, so much so that they parted company. And nothing is ever recorded in the scriptures of Paul and Barnabas ever coming together again. Uh, Barnabas took Mark and went his direction, and Paul took Silas and went his direction. And uh, 
as far as we know, Barnabas and Paul never reconnected. Now, Paul and Mark reconnected later on, and Paul was a significant, uh, uh, I mean, Mark was a significant encouragement to uh, Paul at the end of his life. So there was that restoration, and I think Paul probably would look back with some regrets on that situation. And, and maybe he's even thinking about that as he is writing to these women here in Philippi. I, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to press on here. Uh, I, I think I'm going to, to uh, not press on. And I just want to uh, us to take the full force of the importance of relationships uh, Paul put a priority on relationships. Jesus put a priority on relationships. The New Testament puts a priority on relationships. So much of what is written, especially in the epistles, has to do with our relationships with one another and uh, how we get along with one another, uh, that we are to be patient and forbearing with one another. And so we, we consider these things and, and work toward these things and strive toward these things. And, and some people, some Christians will treat it like, as long as I am morally okay, as long as I'm having my devotions to heck with you, I, I, I can sit in the church with my arms crossed and my back against your back or to your back and just, mm, friends, that is not okay. It just simply is not okay. And so we need to try to do what we can do to work things out. In fact, let me take us to one other passage. Matthew 18. And uh, down at verse 15, some instructions on writing relationships. We're going to we're going to retitle this broadcast Writing Relationships because uh, although I thought we lost a little bit of time there because of our technical difficulty, I, I thought we would talk about peace and perplexing times. We'll get to that on Monday. It says this, it says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, won your brother over. But if he won't listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Now, I'm going to talk for a moment about what that could mean. It says, if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or tax collector. Now, to the church, there, there are two thoughts or renderings with tell it to the church. Some would take this to mean uh, tell it to the church leadership. Get those who are involved. Get get your elders and deacons involved in trying to resolve the matter. And frankly, I think that is more the way that this should go. However, another interpretation or application of this is, okay, you've done everything possible to try to resolve this relational uh, tiff uh, conflict going on between you and another person, sometimes the whole church needs to know that there has been significant effort that has gone into trying to restore the relationship, and this is where it stands. Sometimes, I, I, I personally, I don't think it should always go this way. In fact, I think it should rarely go to the point where it's a whole church matter. Now, sometimes when it's a very public situation, sometimes it needs to go that direction. 
But the protocol that even the Lord Jesus gives here is it's just the two of you. You know, you don't go to somebody else. You go to the person and say, look, we need to work this out. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, you take a few other people with you so that they can hear. Because what happens, unfortunately, sometimes as we try to resolve things with other people, uh, they'll go out and report something completely different than what really happened. And, and we could do the same thing, frankly. I mean, we could be the people who, who don't quite tell the story exactly how it was. Uh, you know, we embellish and, and if you add a few more juicy details and and uh, you know they they might be a little bit disturbed and, and we might just report well they were quite livid when in fact they were just a little bit disturbed there's quite a difference between being a little bit disturbed and being quite livid uh, and, and so sometimes uh it is necessary to 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 take a few people and you know and and this is not just a christian practice i, I think this this applies it, in life in general, sometimes this is a, a good practice that, that needs to be followed. Sometimes it's, it's followed in business. But we in the church need to follow it as well uh, and, and try to resolve the matter. Paul put a premium on these relationships. Jesus put a premium on these relationships. Much of the New Testament, the, especially the epistles, much, not all, but much is written to instruct us on how to get along in relationships and when there's a conflict, we need to do what we can to right the conflict. And sometimes we, we, we make the attempt, and then we just have to walk away and trust the Lord. That's all we can do. I, I, you say, I, I did what I could do, and 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 it, and you still try to show kindness. You still try, try to show forgiveness and patience and forbearance and all those things. But we try to work things out. Jesus places a premium on these things, and so does the Apostle Paul. Well, friends, I'm going to stop there for today. I apologize uh, for the technical difficulties we had at the beginning of the broadcast. Next week, we will get into the act, the title we use for this morning, Peace for Perplexing Times. Uh, this broadcast is dealt with writing relationships. So uh, we'll make those amendments uh, in the title uh, so people will know that. But I want to tell you I love you all. I am grateful for all of you and your partnership together in the gospel. Again, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of what I'm doing financially and, and show that type of support, I invite you to go to concentricglobal.org backslash give. Find the little drop-down menu where it says designation and find where it says ministry of Jim Culbertson and you can sign up there. Uh, I, I do have expenses coming up here that, that I need to make sure I'm covering and uh, I would love your partnership, whether it's a one-time gift or regular monthly uh, commitment uh, to help as we expand uh, what we're doing around the globe. It's much appreciated. Having said all that, I wish you adieu. I wish you a great day in the Lord. Lord, help us to live for you in a way that glorifies you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friends, have a great day. We'll see you next week.